Local independent restaurants are a vital part of the Portland community and could really use a hand up. Tell your local representative to support the Restaurants Act. Learn more and get started at saverestaurants.com. This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where this week you're going to get jumbo shrimp saving $7 a pound for wild and cooked. Uh, they're 6 to 25 count. And uh, they're delicious. And of course, everything in the seafood department at Zupan's is fantastic. So it's a good time to look there. However, the holidays are coming up. So you may be wanting to think a little bit about poultry and side dishes as well, Court. That's exactly right. The Thanksgiving ordering at Zupan's closes this Sunday at uh, midnight. So if you want to order something, either your entire meal or part of your meal or some great pies, this is just for ordering ahead. You can always walk into your local uh, Zupans and get a lot of this stuff, but ordering ahead, which I just did the other day, Chris, uh, it's just the four of us this year for Thanksgiving at my house. And so we ordered the Thanksgiving meal for four. It pretty much comes complete. You can obviously add some stuff on. I, I, we added on this really great Brussels sprout salad that they have. Um, but they make it super easy to uh, order on their website, zoopans.com. And you can even tell them, hey, I don't even want to come inside. Could you please bring it outside to me when I arrive? And they'll take care of all of it on the website. So again, if you want to order a meal or a turkey, which they have great uh, selections of, you want to do that online before this Sunday at midnight. And also if you're cooking yourself and you want to find some prepared food as well, they have expanded store hours uh, leading up to Thanksgiving and on Thanksgiving Day. So every day, starting Monday, they're open uh, at 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. And then Thanksgiving, of course, they're going to close down so their employees can enjoy a little Thanksgiving break. But they're open Thanksgiving Day, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. if you need some last-minute um, ingredients or uh, just want to get lazy and go in and say, I'm going to get something so I don't have to cook. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and keep that all in mind for Christmas too. The same is going to apply for Christmas. So if, you're, if you don't get in there for Thanksgiving or you do, you can also do it for Thanksgiving as well. And then there's the table. Oh yeah. What would you put on the table? Well, the, the interesting thing, uh, Chris, is when you order, if say, for example, for me, when I was ordering uh, my family meal for four for Thanksgiving, uh, one of the options of add-ons that I had there was an awesome floral arrangement. And they've got a variety of these. We've been talking about Zupan's floral department for years now, and they, they do it upright for Thanksgiving, and they've got a great variety of centerpieces and table pieces that you can have on your uh, Thanksgiving table to make it that much better. Fantastic. So go visit and look at those, the great floral department at any one of three locations on West Burnside uh, at McAdam and Lake Oswego. And uh, one other place where you can get a better idea of everything at Zupans is Zupans.com. All right, it's time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. Well, that's not you. You're Court Johnson from Kink.fm. You were introducing me. Sure. And our listeners should know that because that's generally what happens, how we do this. Maybe next year we'll change it up. You and I have to have a meeting. Oh, we talk about let's what are we going to do in 2021 for our seventh 
year yeah. of the podcast. We conducted a little bit of business. I don't know if it was last week or the week before talking about our, our uh, intro music. Um, but uh, no, you you and I have discussed this. We we actually, I think it was this year, and we did a horrible job of it. We decided, okay, instead we're going to introduce uh, ourselves, and then I think that lasted maybe two weeks, and then we just abandoned it. And and by well, that, I, and by that, I mean me. I just totally gave up. Well, no. So you're you know you're the guy, and so you introduced the podcast, and you're kind enough, generous enough. And thoughtful enough to introduce me first instead of yourself, and that's generally why this has happened. So, right? Sure. I, I would. I, I just take the approach of people are not tuning in to this podcast to hear me talk anyway. It's to to at least hear from somebody that has at least a general idea of what they're talking about, and that would be you. Oh, no one's ever no one's ever said that about me. I don't think. And the other the other reason why it's always good to. Well, no, 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 no. It works the opposite way. When I go somewhere with Renee, I want her to introduce herself so that the other person who I may not remember would introduce themselves. So I don't I'm not in that awkward position. So um I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about introductions here, but um, but you know, right at the fork, it's if ever our, the name of our podcast was apropos. It's this week when it's Thanksgiving, and uh, most people are right at the fork. Right at the fork. <laughs> that fork. You know, it's a double entendre, but uh, in this case, we're all doing pared down thanksgivings although that's generally the rule with us anyway we've always had small ones it's been a long time since i've been to a large one maybe uh nine years since i went down to my cousins in san francisco um but other than that it's usually a small one and we're going to do that at our house and we're supporting uh we can't support everybody but i'm supporting my friend uh, my friends jose and christina uh, and emily at masia uh, so we're getting their turkey dinner for tomorrow night instead of cooking it ourselves for a change. And also the burnt Basque cheesecake from Erdanetta for dessert. Ours, I checked the pumpkin spice uh, box in the options when I ordered it. So, you know, I can't, so I try as much as I can to support our Portland restaurant uh, brothers and sisters. Um so I am tomorrow, at least, and uh, we'll get in as much as we can. Other than that, I've done what I can at the coast, too. So um, it's nice to be able to do that. Yeah. Give thanks to those folks and every, anybody who can just get out and support your restaurants. And take, do take out as much as humanly possible because this, this shutdown in the midst of what would be the most profitable part of the year for restaurants is killer. Right. So now I find I've been finding myself, Chris, kind of planning out uh, because I come into work kind of in 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 waves. And uh, depending on what time of the day I'll be coming in, I try to plan. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be leaving work at this time. That means I can grab some takeout from this place on my way home. And it's not I'm not doing it for like all of our meal, but part of our meal. So if I just want to kind of supplement uh, kind of like what you're doing, where you're you're piecing together two or three places for your holiday meal. So um, even right. if even if it's my just part of your meal, Chinese, my son's going to get some Chinese tomorrow too. To yeah, to it. So, yeah. So I think uh, that's smart. Chinese food, that would be right. Now I, I th- that was understood. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um, yeah, we're it's it's really a tough time. I believe right up front before this, we had a message on how to support local restaurants. There's an initiative, an initiative, and we need uh, Kate Brown and those some folks in Washington and do something for a lot of people who need it. Yep. Anyway, so today, uh, speaking of things that are tragic because of the pandemic, uh, we have decided to repeat. Uh, an episode from a couple of few years ago um, with Steve Jones of Cheese Bar, which, um, you know, Cheese Bar is so many people's favorite in terms of where to access or um, uh, source. Um, great cheese and great cheese information. Yeah. And, you know, this pandemic just did the trick for Steve on Cheese Bar, and it's going to be closing at the end of uh, December, as reported in Eater, and then he's going to do some sales in January. So um, if you want to get in there uh, to Cheese Bar, do so in the next month and enjoy that. And uh, we surely hope Steve Jones comes back and with uh, something else that is wonderful because whatever he does will be. Yeah. You, you may recall we, in this episode, we discussed Chizu, which he opened, which was kind of like a sushi bar concept with cheese. Right. Last, uh, I don't know how long, a year or two. Uh, over oh, I, think it was, yeah, I think it was at least a couple of years. Yeah, it did. It was really awesome. And uh, that's closed now. And that's now where, the current uh, downtown location of Shalom Y'all is, which, of course, that has changed hands recently. Uh, the whole Portland food scene and world is in flux right now. So um, we'll see what, you know, we do have some stories to tell on the podcast, but we're hoping in 2021 we have some um, some positives to tell, some new some new things that are happening, but maybe some saves as well, some, some saves. Uh, because of the support that people get from um, our Portland uh, restaurant lovers and also maybe the government at some point. Let's hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. So here's this episode with Steve Jones from a few years ago. Um, Enjoy it, and we'll be back next week with uh, something fresh and new. Right at the Fork is supported by... Zupan's Markets. Whether you're an expert chef or a connoisseur of great cuisine, Zupan's Markets has been the number one destination for the food and wine lovers of Portland and beyond for over 40 years. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego, or Zupan's.com. Ringside Steakhouse. It's time again to slice into the best steaks and service available in Portland. Seating is now available by reservation only for indoor and outdoor dining at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And check out the newly opened New England-style fish and ship spot with a Northwest personality, Rock Paper Fish, a partnership between the Peterson family and Portland icon Micah Camden in the old Boxer Ramen space on East Burnside for takeout only. And by Portland Food Adventures, Cabin Fever. Book a fantastic culinary vacation in 2021 with podcast host Chris Angeles. Experience the best of Basque Country with Javier Canteras of Erdoneta or Western Sicily with Taste of Italy's Austria Enzyme. Wet your appetite and get more information at portlandfoodadventures.com or contact Red at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more details. Good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm too long. So I will tell you, Heather and I were talking about 
you're coming on, and uh, we're so happy about Chizu. Is that how you pronounce it? Chizu? Chizu. Chizu. Yep. Um, because we're both kind of on the west side. And so getting over to your place is probably, and I haven't seen you in a while, that's why. Uh, should have, because every time I've been to Cheese Bar, it's been a really nice experience. A couple of times left with some great cheese. Do you ever get tired of cheese? Nope. You can't. You can't be opening this and to give me the answer yes. But so, because I always wonder, you know, how does someone who's so passionately involved with one thing, and there are many aspects to it, it's not just one thing, but... I, I always I always wonder if someone just at some point says, "Man, I just don't want to do. It. I just this is tiresome." <laughs> uh, I mean, you have moments where you're just like, "I want broccoli," you know. Mm-hmm. But it's of all things, you said broccoli. Yeah, just it's greens are what I crave when I'm not in in into cheese. It's kale or broccoli or chard. It's you know something of that ilk mm-hmm. is where I end up dropping. And you're not shaving any cheese on it. You just avoid no. it at that point. It's funny. I don't cook with much cheese. Everyone's always like, what are your favorite cheese recipes? I'm like- Really? Why don't you? Now, that's interesting. I, I'm kind of a purist. I just like to you know, pop it in my mouth. Just alone? Yeah. Crack- I mean, bread, well, crackers, maybe, yeah, crackers, bread. but- And with beer, too. And wine. Beer's my favorite, for sure. Cider, excellent. Yeah. A lot of great ciders now going yeah, on. Yeah, and cider's kind of the, the big- uh, unknown out there but it's it's amazing it's it's so good with cheese it's got fruit it's got acidity it's got everything you need you know and there's so many different types of cider exactly. so when you're talking about cider it could be yep you got sweet you've lot. got funky you've got bone dry what are some of your favorite ciders while we're on the topic um uh cider riot is probably my favorite local producer right now mm-hmm. abe is doing those uh, he's using a lot of traditional uh cider apples from down around Yamhill, and he's just doing amazing stuff funky dry just, you know, great food food beverages. Um, let's see. I really like Bull Run is doing a Perry that's really nice, a pear cider. Um, so are you um, encouraging cider at Cheese Bar right now? So when people come in and they're, mm, what should I have? Are you, are you throwing cider down? Yeah, we have one handle dedicated to cider all the time now. So one of six tap handles is always cider. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it's, you know, the gluten thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, I think the bigger thing is is it's just it's a great food beverage, you know. And, and Portland's is coming on so strong, you have to acknowledge it. So it's been it's been fun. So you think maybe fifteen or sixteen will be the year of the cider? It very well could be, yeah. And I think um, CiderCon, I think is going to be in Portland next year. So that's their big convention. Yeah, so. I would imagine. So yeah. Where's it been? So, uh, it's Chicago I, right now. Yeah. I just envisioned Vermont on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah not Chicago, but <laughs> that's, that's where it's been, I think, the last couple of years. So CiderCon this year or next year? I think it's next year. 2016. Yeah. So 16 might be the year yeah. of the cider. So that that's interesting. So, um, so you've had Cheese Bar for how long now? It'll be five years in March. Wow, time flies. Yeah. I kind of remember when that was news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, five years in March, and so was Chizu the just where you had to go creatively from there, or how did that come about? It's funny people keep asking, and I'm like, where in the world did this come from? And I don't even remember the moment. It just kind of, I love sushi, and I love that style of ordering food, mm-hmm. and I just one day I think I was just like, man, you could this could translate to cheese so well, you know, because. I'm a little bit intimidated by the sushi process, but I, I'm not afraid to take two bites of anything. 
Right. So, you know, with that as an option, it just seemed to really make sense. So give me the, uh, you know, some people tuning in or listening mm-hmm. may have no idea what we're talking about. So, yeah, so Chizu is Japanese. the elevator speech or, a little, yeah. or the long elevator speech. Yeah. Well, Chizu is Japanese for cheese. It's the Japanese word for cheese. Which, and, by the way, is not a staple. In no, Japanese. but it's coming on strong. Is it? The okay. Far East is, is probably the fastest growing cheese curiosity region in the world. Sure, because it had nowhere to go but up, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so why I chose to go that direction, though, is I, I love that the vibe of, of sushi. I love the aesthetic, uh, the Japanese aesthetic. And I've always wanted to do this in a really small space. So I, I was looking for about five or 600 square feet. I ended up in 450. So it, it how also... Many, how many seats? It'll be probably 15 so it's, okay, it's that's a good number. Pre- pretty small, very intimate, mm-hmm. but it's it's meant to be that way, you know. And it's it's not meant to be dinner. It's meant to be your starting your evening, your ending your evening, your between stops. That neighborhood over there in West End is just full of all these little bitty places that you can mm-hmm. just bounce from one to the next, and it kind of makes sense, you know. Are you right next? It's right next to uh, Montnahoma Whiskey. Yep. Fantastic. And when do you, when's opening? Should open in March. Okay. So yeah. shortly after this uh, podcast starts streaming. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess at that point when, uh, right after that, it's going to be hard to get into. Probably for a bit, but I mean, it should be able to, it should turn pretty quickly is the nice thing too. So, so what would the menu look like? What kind of? It's going to be predominantly cheese. You're going to find between 30 and 40 cheeses on any given day. And there'll be a cheese bar. We have about 250 cheeses at any given time. So this is going to, um, we're going to take the, pardon the pun, but the cream of the crop and take off about the top 10 to 15%. The very best cheeses are going to be the ones that come to Chizu. Mm. So when you come in, it's going to be everything's A+. plus. You know, you're just not going to find a cheese that doesn't blow your mind. Um, so very cheese driven. It's going to be all uh, just, you can, you can be as simple as one piece of cheese, one one ounce portion. And they'll be priced between three to six dollars a portion, depending on what the cheese is. And then you can add things to them. We're going to do like a, a wasabi peanut. We're doing a lot of kind of Japanese twists on things. Our pickles are going to be um, like ginger and watermelon uh, radish and uh, things like that. So it's going to have a lot of fun kind of Asian tweaks. But there will also be like a, um, a salami plate featuring like chopped Olympic provisions. There'll be a, a and you're not going to be plate. rolling them together. We're not nope. going to be looking at like there might be like cheese one rolls, one composed cheese a day. Mm-hmm. But I don't really want to make that. I don't want to be too gimmicky with it. I kind of want it to be about the cheese. Is anybody else doing this anywhere that you know of? Not no, I don't think so. But wow, yeah, it's that's that's exciting because it's not. It really sounds like a. It's it's not a crazy concept, right? It's the way you serve cheese at cheese bar. People take taste, not the way, but a lot of people are taking a little taste and, and right. buying some cheese. And this is a way, just a different way of doing it. Deciding, I'm this is what I'm doing. I'm not just going in to sample a few cheeses. I'm gonna go in and have an experience. Yeah, and we're gonna do um, like part of the experience could be like omakase style, where you you sit down and you sit, you put twenty bucks on the bar and you say, "Blow my mind," and we'll. We'll take you to twenty dollars. You know, we're hopeful that people come in and, and lay forty bucks down and say, "Let's see what you got." And we're just gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna in return, I'm gonna say, "Are there any no's? You know, is there mm-hmm. blue goat meat? Are there any things you don't want us to do?" Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's just gonna be 
let's let's go. That's got to be exciting. How many people will you be employing over there? We'll have six employees, but it'll only be two people at a time because it's just so small. Right. So one person will be taking orders and serving drinks, and then one person will be kind of the the cheese sushi chef. So do you you must anticipate that coming off of that experience, people are going to be making their way over to Cheese Bar. So it's a nice marketing opportunity as well to get people from west side to east side. We're hopeful, yeah, yeah. I think I don't think it's going to be that hard because what you've got, you do it so well, and it's so delicious, and it's such a nice vibe. And I think, and and if you bring that over to the west side, that's going to translate to the east side. Yeah, that's that's the hope for certain because Cheese Bar is my baby. You know, yeah, this, no, it's, is, this is its little sister. So give us a little. Um, you and I talked a couple of years ago about it, but a little background on your food uh, history in Portland, how you got started, and how you got to Cheese Bar. Um, so you were not in cheese to start. No, no, I uh, I got an art degree in college, a painting degree. So I I'd learned to cook to pay the bills, and did it pay the bills? Yeah, it paid okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I I paid the rent. Mm-hmm. Um. And I liked I liked cooking. I still love cooking, but I um, I didn't I didn't love coming home at two o'clock in the morning smelling like fryer grease. And my wife liked it even less. And so I kind of I was like, well, I'm going to well, transition. Now you're, coming, now you're coming home smelling like cheese. How's that? Well, luckily she's a cheese fan. So. Oh, there you go. Um, but uh, I was looking to transition, and and I still love food. And so I stumbled into cheese i was managing a delicatessen back in the midwest and i got to build the cheese department and i just kind of fell in love with cheese at that point and then i had the opportunity to open multiple shops in the midwest and i'd gone to culinary school out here in portland and i knew i wanted to get back and when my wife finished her graduate work we agreed to come back to portland i came out and ran the cheese department at provista which is Mm -hmm. a big local importer and distributor for a while Mm -hmm. Uh, but i missed I missed selling cheese. I love selling cheese. It's it's what I'm best at. And but, so I, I wanted to get from behind the desk and back behind the counter. But being at Provista also gave you the opportunity to meet a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Right, so. Yeah. I mean, relationships that I count on now were formed then. And you've got some of the more solid relationships in town. I mean, there isn't there aren't many chefs. I don't think there are any chefs who don't know who Steve Jones is. Um, and everybody has got... Uh, not everybody, but a lot of restaurants have a Steve's cheese plate. Uh, plate. They love you. Yeah, we've been very lucky for sure. We try to well, provide it's more it. than luck. You're a good guy, and you do biz- You know, you're a nice person to do business with. Yeah, and we try hard to give them a a product that's you know in superior shape, and you know, it's yeah. That's that's been a very organic thing that kind of happened on its own the wholesale program, but it's been a wonderful advertising arm, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And it helps us just keep everything super fresh. Is it, so it's not really a revenue producer for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, we make money on it, but we don't make... It's I, not enough to say, this is the area we're going to really target yeah, in yeah. 2015. No, that's, that's a volume game. And, and I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of that. I'm more a, let's see how small we can get instead of how big we can well, get. Well, this is why you, you know? got 450 yeah, square feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not always the best businessman, but you know. Follow, no, follow your heart, right? Well, you know, business isn't, especially in this town, it's, there's a different, a whole different dimension to business in this town, I think. Oh, yeah, I think people reward creativity, without a doubt. It's rewarded, and it's also part of success, mm-hmm. whether you're able to be creative. And 
and be yourself and do it. It's it's living in the moment. There's a lot of living in the moment going on in Portland, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. And so uh, what you're doing embodies that. So so you uh, you went from you were a provista and then so uh, then I I got. I ended up at uh, New Seasons for a couple of years. I thought I'd land there for like six months and reposition. Mm-hmm. And I got comfortable, you know, with the kind of easy job, just working for someone else, normal hours. Um, but I knew all along that I wanted to start something else. And so I finally left New Seasons. I went to work at Park Kitchen. I went to Scott Dolish, who was a friend. I said, hey, I want to work front of the house and earn some money to open my own place. And he gave me a shot, and I'm a horrible fine dining waiter. You know, Scott will tell you probably the worst worst waiter he ever had. But it was a great experience. I made enough money to kind of get that first chunk together. How long were you? How long were you perpetuating the horrible waiter? Uh, ex- uh, about a year. Okay, I but mean, I can't imagine you were that. You couldn't have been that bad. You couldn't have survived at a restaurant like Park Kitchen being a terrible waiter. Yeah. Well, for that long. Yeah, I don't know. They were very forgiving. Well, yeah. I was really good at cleaning. <laughs> okay, well that's that's not how, that's not really how you start in the interview, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about your front of the house experience. I'm excellent at cleaning. Yeah, man, can I mop? <laughs> um, but you know, it shows that you're a jack of all trades. Yeah, least. well, and it's. I mean, I still I still clean toilets at my current job. I, I tell my guys that I don't make you do anything. I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I do the worst stuff usually. But. Um, that's part of being That's a boss. Noble of you. Eh, I think it's it's part of the deal. Nobody wants to do the crap work. So if you do it, they're like, well, it's. I find, and I, I haven't worked at a restaurant here. I've just been around them, but it's very democratic. Oh yeah, I, it, I'd say socialist. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. You'll go to the next step. But mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of chefs doing things that I just normally wouldn't think they're doing. Yeah. Um, right down to I was somewhere last night uh, watching a chef wash dishes. Yeah. So. That's the way it is. All chefs love to wash dishes. All small business owners who own restaurants love to wash dishes. It's the most zen activity you can have. You can just let yourself take something dirty and make it clean, and it's just very rewarding. It it doesn't require a lot of brain power. No, it's like, for me, it's almost like taking a nap. It's just like, I'll I'll just go wash dishes for like 10 minutes just to like- And there's flowing water and, and and a nice result. It's good stuff. Oh, that's great. So, well, thank, thankfully you didn't become a <laughs> professional dishwasher or mopper. Yeah. But yeah, then I went on to open uh, Steve's Cheese in Northwest Portland and mm-hmm. had that for five years. And that, I, were you ever in that spot? I don't remember. I was not. Okay. I did not I did not know you, or nor had I heard of you until you opened Cheese Bar. So that was uh, five years, and we were in the back of a big wine shop, little bitty 300 square foot area. And Which was good for them. Yeah, but it was in the back. It was, it was great. For, go it was the whole great for both of one us. One shop to get to you. Yeah, no, it was it was a good thing for both of us for sure, um, and it it helped us build our customer base. And you know, we still see a lot of those same people ten years later. Is the cool thing. I've seen a lot of kids grow up. You know, it's like wow, that kid is in college now. You know, it's really very cool. Mm-hmm. It's a, one of my favorite things about being a shop owner. Actually, is watching these families kind of grow up with us. It's very cool, very rewarding. Well, also a lot of the people that you uh, were with at Park Kitchen, I mean, that crew, oh, yeah, what they've done in their success. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty cool cool group that, that came out of there. And, and yeah, almost everyone has gone on to do something successful on their own. Yeah, Walt and, and John and... Uh, yeah, Jason Owens, Kevin Ludwig, um, 
I didn't realize. Ke- yes, that's right, Kevin Ludwig. And when I when I said John, I John uh, Stewart, John Stewart, mm-hmm. and Cheese Bread, and Walt uh, Pine State Biscuits. Kevin, I mean, Kevin from Pine State. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. I thought Walt was no, Walt was not Kevin. Okay. Yeah, there's yeah probably probably ten or fifteen of us that have gone on to open our own stuff. Yeah, Jason Owens was front of the house there. You know, one of the guys from Simpatica. Hmm. Um, a lot of talent in that place. It was it was a lot of fun. A great place to work. Scott has uh, Scott has spawned. I don't know if that's a good word. <laughs> We're talking about food, yeah. but uh, anyway, a lot of people can. He's really mentored a lot of people and was mentored himself. Yep, as well in Portland. So it's really cool to see that kind of the generational thing in that aspect, not just your customers, but all the yeah, people it's you always your with. hope that your guys go on and you know do something great. Mm-hmm. If they can't be a partner, then they should continue to hopefully grow and do something great on their own. Do you think that's do you think that's a Portland thing or is it all over the place? I, I'm just thinking it's a little more pronounced here than it is elsewhere, but I may be wrong just because I'm here and I, I feel so passionately about this city. Yeah, I think we all wear uh, rose-colored glasses on that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's an industry thing for sure that, you know, your people are like your family. You know, you, you hold them near and you scold them when you need to and um, – that's 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 tough. I I do think that we are definitely a very a pull up environment instead of a push down environment. Though you know, mm-hmm. even between shops, we have that. You know, there's there's not the arm's length here. There's the suck it in for a hug. You know, that's, that's the kind of community we are. It's it's the first thing that impressed me. That was very different than my East Coast upbringing when I came out here. Where and I, I've said it before, but chefs telling you where to go mm-hmm. and meaning it, just saying you've got to go there, not just because you ask them, come on, is there somewhere else that I should be going other than your restaurant, but just willingly offering it and passionately saying, here's why you should go there. It's different than I've ever experienced anywhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's why people love coming here to eat, because once somebody sits down in your place and they start talking to you, you find out they're from L.A. or something, and you're like, oh, where else are you going? Because everybody loves to share, and they're like, "Oh, you got to check out my friend's new joint." And, you know, it's that's part of it, the reason we're doing this. It's yeah, the it's, same thing. It's great. And I remember when I, uh, uh, with about face, when I was talking to Naomi, she, I didn't ask her. I didn't say who else should I talk to. She said, "You know, you need to, you need to meet Steve um, and interview him." And you know, that's the way it is. And she led me to you, so we ended up talking, and I'm glad we we got to do that. But I didn't ask her. Yeah. You know, she, she was promoting, saying, Steve's someone who should be highlighted. Yep. We, we love doing it for each other. You know, it's, it's great. Great community. Hey, Chris, let's pause just a moment here in the podcast to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Where right now, of course, they had set up a wonderful outdoor dining situation. And now we can't dine indoors or outdoors. But what you can do... Uh, is enjoy takeout from ringside so if you're in the mood for a hearty steak or even prime rib they have three course steak dinners to go five nights a week starting at only 38 dollars per person and uh you know for ringside steaks that's fantastic so go to their website and see what that's all about you can uh, uh order to go uh and you can find them on doordash and caviar or directly there Call for pickup uh, starting at 3.30 and pick it up until 7.30. Start it um, at 503-223-1513. 
That's 503-223-1513 at ringside for a great pickup uh, opportunity for to eat wonderfully tonight or tomorrow night or the next night. Starting on Wednesday, they're open Wednesday through Sunday. That's right. The, the, those are the five days a week. And we should also point out that, uh, you know, you're talking about the things you can get on a regular day. They also have some really great holiday meal kits. So whether it be for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah down the road, why not let Ringside Steakhouse be part of your holiday celebrations just in your own house instead of theirs? That's, that's great. The ser- well, we'll hope the service can be anywhere near as good as it is at Ringside at Home, but I don't think so. But that's okay. It's only, they started only $38. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Also, one other thing you can do is, uh, of course, great holiday gift idea, uh, Ringside gift cards. Those you can buy and those serve a few purposes. They're a great idea to give someone um, who will not be able to wait to go out to dinner after this is all said and done right. and also help support ringside who, um, you know, they've been going this through this for eight months. It can't have been easy. And, uh, it, uh, it's something you can do to support restaurants do that anywhere. But, um, thank you again for ringside for supporting this podcast for years now. Appreciate At- it. Absolutely. So if you want to find out all about the uh, to-go food, uh, head on over to ringsidesteakhouse.com. Have you been to uh, Beast lately? Uh, I have two kids, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't get to do fine dining anymore. None at all. You know, it's Hardly, funny. hardly. You know, I think it's really interesting. A lot of people have kids or they have things going on. You can't get... The crazy thing about the city is you can't get everywhere. You can't yeah. get to everywhere. It, it blows your mind to think, I really need... If you, if you thought to yourself, regardless of the kids, I really need to get the beast, then there's a whole... Once you put that in, 75, 100 other places, oh, yeah. are like same thing. So how are you going to do that? It's almost overwhelming. But um, I haven't been. Th- I haven't been there in a while. But I've been to Expatriate, and some of the stuff they're doing over there is just. It's, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. The cool little space again. Yeah, I just, man, I love these little spaces in Portland. And they keep happening. Yep. So, uh, so how's Cheese Bar doing? Good, good. Yeah, I, I think um, we saw holiday spending like we haven't seen in years. Really? People are definitely. I think the economy is getting stronger. People are, if not, people are just saying, screw it, I'm going to spend money again. You know, I want, I want to buy good cheese. Yeah. Um, so it's great. We're, I think at the five-year mark, we do our job really well now. What it, are you doing better now that you weren't doing? I think everything. Customer service, you know, training, everything. You know, we, we, we're able to hire better people, you know, because we, we kind of have a name for ourselves now, so... Instead of going out and searching, people come to us, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But we also, we, we take the time to train better. I think we're just, we give better table service than we used to. You know, it's, we've learned a lot from our mistakes. So, you, and you're going to take a lot that you've learned to cheese bar over to cheese. Yeah. And learn a whole new thing. I mean, right. it's, I'm terrified of the first couple of weeks. It's going to be a very terrifying Couple That's why weeks. you probably didn't want to say exactly when you're opening. You well, I don't, as slow I don't, as possible. No, but you want it to be a slow, yeah. slow opening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a couple days before there's a line out the door. You know. I wonder if there's a way to do that or whether you just open and just do some friends and family for a while. I think that's what we'll do is quietly let a few people in for a few days and just learn, learn our mistakes because I think that's, 
like I always tell my guys, I'm like, making mistakes, no big deal. Repeating it, that's the problem. Right. You know, we all make mistakes. Just learn from it, you know? Well, and in this day and age, you know, you can open up and make a couple of minor mistakes or not have the right things on the wall mm-hmm. and be reading about it, you know, in Yelp or Google reviews or oh, wherever yeah. it might be. Yeah, someone gave us a bad review on our T-shirts once. I was like, really? On your T-shirts? Yeah, I'm like, what was wrong? What was I, wrong with the T-shirt? I have no idea. He was one of those guys that always gives bad reviews. So he looked you, at his other reviews. And do you read the bad. reviews? Do you- I don't as much as I used to. I find them helpful initially, you know, because sometimes you're too close to the problem. But right. now I'll look every couple of months and just be like, okay, do I have an employee who's being a jerk while I'm not there? Because that's mm-hmm. kind of a nice way to, you know, be a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. But I usually get the worst reviews. I'm, I'm the crouching. Oh, yeah, I'm the crouching. Hey, man, there. you're very hard on yourself. No, no, I get bad reviews. Trust me. Really? Yeah, go, go look. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to encourage people <laughs> to go look for the bad <laughs> reviews about you. But uh, I guess on a on a quiet night might not be a bad bad thing to take you up on that. Yeah, and take a look. I'm sure that you're um, you and Nick Zukin are probably in different worlds on the on the Yelp. World. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> luckily Zick's one. Zick. <laughs> Nick. Nick is one of my favorite customers, and I always I love reading his stuff. He's, he, he's so opinionated; it's great. Uh, you know what? He's I I think he's great, and this I've told this to other people and to Nick. You when you sit down with him, you would never know that he's the guy on Facebook or Twitter who's you know behind the keyboard, right? Is he's such a nice guy? Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to bring that yeah. up, but whenever the, you know, what he's done is whenever any conversation comes up about Yelp or anything, that's where my mind goes, yeah. is right to him, because yeah. he draws my attention to it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think for someone who's opening a new place, it could be very helpful. Yeah. Um, and I know I've written in my life a um, couple of chefs with a couple of suggestions, and they've said, thank you for letting me know rather than going right to the internets with Yeah, that. exactly. Um, and others, maybe not so appreciative of it. You yeah. know, not not able able to take criticism so well. It's an interesting. Um, There's a lot of ego out there, you know. Yeah, but less ego here. That's oh, what yeah. I, I kind of. That's what I thought that there's less ego here. So if you t- try to be constructive with someone, yeah, um, they'll be amenable to it. But not everybody. I've learned that a couple of times. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I can understand. The, where there is a lot of ego in it. It's a creative process. And when you've got creativity going on, much like you, what you do is very creative. It's uh, presenting some, you know, first of all, the, the background or the, the groundwork that has to go to decide what you're going to have in your store to uh, represent you. It represents mm-hmm. you, the product that you have. Um, and then how it's presented and, and the experience that everybody has that's uh, that's an inherent creative process. It's like a, it's different than a painting. You're actually in it, experiencing yeah. it. So you're going to get egos. Uh, you're going to get egos sometimes, and sometimes people know what to do with it, and they don't know what to do with it. But I think it's a good thing. I think that people are passionate and don't always make the right decisions. That's okay. Yeah. You know. But at the end of the day, it's just food. You know. Well, yeah, that's true. But the, at the end of the day, we go to the next day and we have to eat it. Yeah, it's yeah. not, you know, you can't say as a uh, a sports fan, I won't even go into the ducks, but you can't say as a sports fan, oh, it's just a game and then never have to deal with it again uh, or necessarily. You cannot watch it for a while. Food, you have to yeah, deal you have with to the eat. next day. So, yeah. 
and I don't know why I'm going into that. <laughs> I have no idea. That's crazy. Um, so uh, what's exciting you now in Portland more than anything else? Have you, and you're not getting out that much, so maybe it's about what you're hearing about that's going on. Yeah, I mean... You, you know what's exciting you? Chizu right now. That's about <laughs> it. You're probably completely focused on that. Well, it was funny. You, you mentioned, like, where are you going and stuff. And so, like, the list I came up with in my head, it's all that, like, I call it construction food. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the places you eat quickly, like, in between jobs, you know? And so, I've been, I've been going to those places more. And definitely, I have a handful of places that I, I've been pumped about that have made the construction list so what are the construction so lists? What's- lots of sandwiches you know because you can eat them on the run mm-hmm. um have you been to uh what's it called Knuck- knuckle sandwich no on burnside no but amazing sandwiches it. yeah you gotta go they're like you would never think it was a great place it's a little teeny hole in the wall and you walk in there's no decorations whatsoever but the sandwiches are dynamite what what sandwich did you have i'm trying to remember i'm it's been I'm the a, same it's way. It's just been a blur I'm the of same way. I just lately. remember I loved it, and then oh, I got to get back. Yeah. My mom used to keep a diary nice. of every meal that she ate and what my father ate and the impressions. Wow. And I said, why are you doing this? Uh, well, if we ever go back again, I want to remember <laughs> it. And, you know, I am often... I will often say, like, I had something fantastic, and if it sticks out, I'll be able to remember right. it. But there are some amazing things I've had that I can't remember. And something as simple as a sandwich, you know, I can remember, I can remember some, but it's, <laughs> but it's hard. Uh, it's hard when you eat so many things and there's so many things out there to recall them all. So anyway, some other construction food. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, Boxer Ramen is mm-hmm. really close to my new place. So mm-hmm. I've hit that a couple times, super fast. I think, you know, great quality. And very satisfying, you know, when you've been in a cold place working for a little bit. And also, I'm trying to suck up as much Japanese vibe as I can. So I hit a lot of little Japanese spots just quickly, just being like, okay, what or pseudo Japanese spots, and you know, in a lot of the Portland places, you know. What about the food cart pod over there? Um, I'm not really a food cart guy. And what's the reason for that? I'm a brick and mortar guy. So it's a it's a support thing. It's not necessarily a, I don't want to eat out in the cold. Yeah. Well, and I hate being cold when I eat. Right. I don't it's, like it's it either. It's a pet peeve of mine, actually. In a rest, and I don't in like having to go eat in my car either. Yeah. yeah. That's not a yeah. pleasant thing. I mean, there are a lot, there's a lot of great food being made in Portland food carts, and I occasionally will eat some, and some of them are good friends of mine, but I'm, I'm a brick-and-mortar guy, and I try to support my guys who are paying those outlandish taxes and everything and, you know, spread, spread it out. So for people who... Um you know, they had to pay their dues in the food cart. Then they get to the the brick and mortar, and then you're I love it. Yeah, that's that's great. That's the direction that I love to see people going in. Like Nong's, you know, I was like, yes, you made a brick and mortar. You know, I think it's a it's a great incubator. Yeah, and there's a lot of incubation going on. Yeah, it's you know, it's interesting because there, are, you know, so many. I wonder if there are enough people to support the whole system in terms of good service or decent service. Um, because there, how many people are in those carts that could be doing something else? Not that they should, but mm-hmm. I'm just there's a there's a lot of service that needs to go around, and also customers as well. Yeah, right. So, yeah, both of those are are tough. Yeah. yeah, and service is definitely one of the things that lacks most in Portland. I think we're getting better at it finally. I think you know people have kind of demanded better service, and 
chefs are rising to that a bit, you know. Well, I think it takes a little time, but yes, mm-hmm. the, the bar gets raised little by little, and uh, then you know some of the some of the lesser people who can mop pretty well, but <laughs> they're off to <laughs> other ventures. <laughs> yeah, the open cheese shops. Um, but uh, have you been to Lardo over? Uh, in yeah, the- I, oh, I love it. Yeah, Rick's such a good guy, and you know, old friend of mine. Um, yeah, what did I have? I had a uh, faux wrench dip, faux mm-hmm. pho. Fall wrench. He's pre- you know I don't know if it's him, I it probably is who's who's doing all the plays on words. But he just started the egg Rick muffin. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. So. It's kind of like Bob's Burger. You ever watch Bob's Burger? No. Oh God! Next time you can't sleep, watch Bob's Burger. No, I haven't. He's, he has a, he has a different burger every day with a funny name. That's oh, okay. But uh, but no, the the full wrench dip was really delicious. It was basically deconstructed pho into a sandwich. Yeah. No. And, and who, was that it. was that a chef witch? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to remember who it was because you, yeah. you would have come up with it yeah. right off the bat. Um, but that's nearby. There's a lot to there's a lot to uh, going on in your new neck of the woods. Oh, yeah, tons. So tons. How, how long – what has the process been like to open a new place for anybody who's doing that? How long did it take? When did you start looking for space? Well, the really funny thing is I started looking for space in this neighborhood – Probably two years ago. So you identified the neighborhood. Yeah, was, I've been wanting to be in West End for a couple okay. of years. But I looked, I talked to people a couple different times. I never could get the space that I wanted, the price I wanted. And so I just, I, I'm not in a hurry, you know. So I just waited. And then one day Greg Goodman calls me up and he says, hey, you want to see this spot? And I came over and I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's too small. But I brought my design guy down and he and I kind of well, paste it out a couple times and we're like we could make it work and so that started the ball rolling that was um we talked first in november and i signed the lease on christmas eve so it moves pretty quickly moved really quickly i got a letter of intent from him before i signed the lease so i got all my licensing ahead of the lease being signed even because i felt we were going to make it happen. It was and you've just, done this before, yeah. so you know where the pitfalls are. Yeah, you know, it's going to volley a couple times, blah, blah, blah. You get get beyond it. Um, yeah, so we, we should have our OLCC license by February 15th to March 1st. So that's really, will probably be the last thing we're looking for, hopefully. I guess there is no reason to move slowly. You've got, you've got to start Man, you start, you start paying rent. <laughs> start paying rent yeah. and... Uh, you move as quickly as you can. Are you looking beyond one location for this, or do you see this is something you could do elsewhere? There's a or would lo- that be for Cheese Bar or what? No, if I were to redo it, I would do it with the Chizu model. If I, if I can look into my crystal ball, I think that this is the one that's repeatable, and there's definitely already been interest. People in L.A. have expressed interest, and it's it's got a life already. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, so... I don't know if it's I'll do it. It's got to be hard for you to talk about it because you're, well, let me, let's see how this goes and then yeah. do as much as we can to perfect it to a certain degree. But I don't know if you heard, I have another venture going too. No, I didn't so know that. So we're doing a food service for the Commons Brewery at their new spot. Mm-hmm. So they're opening a, opening a new 15-barrel brewery at uh, 7th and Belmont. So Cheese Bar is going to be uh, the food service for the entire tasting room. Oh, okay. So cool. it'll effectively be. Well, there you go. Another another little cheese bar experience. Oh, great! So, so you're not looking to duplicate what you, the the experience you have up there, kind of 
it, different nuances. I mean, the one, the biggest thing that I've learned from Cheese Bar is how labor intensive that equation is. You know, you get a, an amazing experience because it takes a lot of effort. So I'm trying to make a equally fun experience that is less labor intensive. So how old are your kids? They're, they'll be eight tomorrow and five in two more weeks. So, so almost that's eight, labor, almost five. That's labor intensive oh, too. Yeah. So you're yeah. adding a lot to your plate. And so how do you do that? How do you balance you, you that? You just give up sleep. You drink a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, it's a lot of 18-hour days, and it's just it's how you do it. You start early, you work late, you don't see much of your kids for a few months. But, I mean, the return, hopefully, is I see a whole lot more of them in a couple of years, you know? And as they get older, we can get out and do more and more fun stuff. So it's an investment. It's just a time investment. But it's worth it. But at some point, do you see – see, I think it's – you know, you do one thing, then you have this thirst or desire to keep going. So, and that's all a personality thing. So, I don't think many driven people who are successful want to stop. So, I wonder, you know, at some point, do you actually go, okay, I've got everything squared away, I can be away, or are you going to look for the next big thing? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I've never been in a big hurry. The only reason I got in a hurry on this one was it was the perfect spot. Right. I mean, if you had given me a map two years ago and said, where do you want to be? I would have pointed at that spot. So I hurried for that one. And the Commons has been cooking for a year plus. Mm-hmm. And so that was going to happen anyhow. But I'm I'm never in a huge rush to get to the next thing. It's, you know, what I got going is pretty good. I like most of my life. So are you getting to, getting out there to just uh, breathe and enjoy yourself and enjoy Oregon? Uh, not necessarily Portland and the restaurant scene, but are you getting out? Because we have such a beautiful state. Yeah, yeah. You need to do that. Yeah, and with the kids, we definitely, we'd love to take them out to the coast and, and uh, up to the mountains. Yeah, no, it's great. So and, where do you go with the coast? Uh, we love Newport. You know, the beach is great. The aquarium's great. And then there's now, I mean, the nice thing about the coast is you're getting some decent restaurants now, too, which, you know, 10 years ago we didn't have. So that's really cool. I love eating at uh, local oceans out there in, in mm-hmm. Newport. And, um, it's one of my favorite spots. It's it's like one of my favorite restaurants in the whole state. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, we always go. You always wait. Who cares? You know, no, you, you got to wa- go at the right times. Yeah. Do you ever shit, sit at, <laughs> do you, do you ever sit at the chef's counter? Uh, no, because I have those two kids again. Right, but they have four seats. Yeah, I know. So they're just they well. Yeah, you contained. can. That's not good for that. Yeah, you got to have them down closer. Uh, you can't put them like that. So uh, that's great. And getting out to the, it's good to get a breather once in a while. Oh yeah. I think I drive out there a lot, and the time spent on whichever route you take is time well spent. Yeah. Because it it enables you to think when you're going all the time. Sometimes you miss. Yeah. opportunities yeah and we go out to the gorge a lot i'm a big mushroom hunter so i take both the kids mushroom hunting as much as i can has this been a good year for it i did okay with morels uh and in the spring i did okay better than i ever have in portland and uh chanterelles i had a couple of great days but the season was really short we got that freeze and it kind of mm-hmm. was and then it came back but i didn't get it get back out but but I love it. That's my favorite thing to do is just walk slowly in the woods, even if you don't find anything. It's 
Yeah, no, I think that if you're going to not be successful, that's a good place not to be successful. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like bobber fishing. Who cares? You know, you're sitting by a river. Do you go fishing often? No, I don't. I'd no, like I'd, to. I'd love to. It's, yeah, I, but, as, as my boy gets older, he's definitely expressed interest, and well, I'll take it back up. So what's he, is, what's he into? Is he into sports or? Loves bike riding, swimming, but he's a he's a thinker. He's a more of a book guy. It's it's good. He gets it from uh, his mom. Are you a big reader? I I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the I, I kind of asked that question, knowing what the answer would be. Yeah. I, st- I mainly just read professional periodicals anymore, you know. I read about food. So speaking of profession, how the uh, national cheesemonger champion, what did that do for you um, now that the dust has settled? I mean, it definitely the- gives you some validity. Um, but you had it here. I was just wondering what it did for you. I guess nationally it got you some recognition. But locally, I don't, you know, I don't, everybody thought of you as the cheese champion anyway. Yeah, it, but it definitely doesn't hurt, you know, and, and nationally it's great. We, I mean, our brand nationally has been getting stronger for years. Our community is super tight nationally. So, you know, when you go to the American Cheese Society meeting, it's 1,500 of your best friends, you know, just eating way too much cheese and drinking way too much beer. But it's like the best week ever. You know, everyone's just like, oh. Have you ever, you ever thought of doing a, curating a cheese tour? You know so many yeah, people. Yeah, actually, um, I'm involved with one um, that uh, there's some people out on the East Coast uh, who are doing an Oregon cheese tour uh, this fall. And I'm going to be the special guest monger on that tour. Oh, great. So, That'll be fun. Yeah, it's been something I'd love to do. I'd love to take people to Europe and visit producers and as the kids get older, hopefully that'll happen. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, well, so cool. Hopefully, hold, yeah. Hold that thought. Yeah. So you know, uh, I I'm kind of I'm enjoying the idea of expanding just eating to the travel experience as well. Yeah. And I think they go hand in hand, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. At some point, and I think, and I think one of the beautiful things about Portland is people appreciate that, and I think we have a one of the highest indexes of travel uh, travelers in the country. And I think even on a much like the, uh, the percentage of dollars spent on dining here, it's the same thing with travel. People aren't, you know, they're spending a high percentage of their probably not as large income as other big cities to go have experiences. Right. Yep. So that's all, uh, that's all fantastic. This experience I appreciated. Thank you so much for coming while you're really busy. I know, uh, I'm glad you were able to uh, find a little, a little bit of time to come in, and we'll look forward to uh, new experience at Chizu. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX, or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at RightAtTheFork.com. dot